Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Hi, this is Ken Blanchard. We need a new leadership model in business today, one that values both people and results, where leaders see their role as serving instead of being served. In this podcast, my friend and colleague, Chad Gordon, interviews experts who help us explore different aspects of leadership. I know you'll be encouraged and inspired by what you hear and you'll walk away with ideas and insights that will help you be the type of leaders others want to follow. Ready to get started? I'll be back at the end of the interview where I'll share what I've learned and how I'll be putting it into action. Now enjoy this installment of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Linda Behrens, welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. In spite of the cold. <laughs> oh, yeah. It feels like that's a, that's a common theme for a lot of people. You're the author of Understanding Yourself and Others, an introduction to the four temperaments. And I think everybody, especially our listeners of this podcast, they're familiar with temperaments and the value. But why have you dug so much of your energy and your resources into understanding and helping people understanding temperaments uh, um, to help them communicate better with others? I think it was mostly because, well, it was fascinating. I found it useful. And because when I grew up, I was kind of an odd duck in a small town in Kansas as a woman with my um, air temperament. How so? How did that play itself out? Well, I just found it hard to fit in a bit as a teenager. You know, when it's really important to fit in, uh, always got good grades, that kind of stuff. But I wasn't so interested in this. If social talk was hard. So you, you talk about how people are unique. And so for those that may not have the familiarity with the four temperaments, give us just a quick round robin. Go, go, go through all the temperaments and and give us some uh, just a real quick descriptor of of, of, of what that means. Well, okay. So why don't I start with air? Um, Each each pattern has a core psychological need that must get met. And uh, then there's some talents that go with that and some other behaviors. So for air, the core psychological need is to be competent and knowledgeable and to have mastery over whatever it is um, they figure out they should have mastery over. And they tend to want to get a st- strategy going. So their talent tends to be more around strategic thinking and long-term kinds of things. So that's air. Water is um, the, the core psychological need for water is um, to have a sense of unique identity, not only for themselves, but they want everyone else to have a sense of their unique identity and to have meaning and purpose in their lives. And they they seem to be, people with that pattern seem to have been among the first to recognize that purpose is really important. Um, and uh, their, their talent, we call it diplomacy, but the talent really is about connecting with others and knowing what they need, and then finding ways to um, give them 
some feedback or some praise or some hope. So it's about develop and they see potential. I guess that's really the best is that they, those with um, a water pattern tend to see the potential in others and look for that potential. Then there's fire and um, fire. The core need is for uh, having an impact and having the freedom to do what they see needs to be done in the moment. And so wanting to have an impact to see to see a result and a positive result. And most of us want to have results, but for um, someone with a fire pattern, it's really about um, some kind of impactful result, seeing seeing some whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it could be a meal, it could be, you know, a big project, whatever. Um, and their talent is tactics. They see the next actions that need to be taken in order to to achieve a goal. And so there's a, a fair amount of, of drive to action, actually. Mm. Earth, um, those with an earth pattern uh, have, have a core psychological need, <clears throat> I think, for stability and um, and a hunger for responsibility. And all of that um, usually involves some, we all need to belong, but for those with a, an earth pattern, um, belonging is gives them a place to be responsible and to make sure the world will go on. And the, the talent for earth is uh, logistics. And they just seem to have a knack for knowing how to make a how to how to get all the right things in the right place in the right people not to the wrong people so things go well and, and things don't go wrong so that's love, the nutshell love that and and so you know i've heard it described as you know if, if you can if you can really focus in and hone in on understanding where you are and then understanding kind of the 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 framework of where other people are it, it's kind of like discovering your superpower you know who you are at your core um, so you can better develop and grow. So, so how do you see it? How how does this specifically? How does me understanding what I am? How 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 are you understanding what you are? How does that help me thrive? Well, for a lot of people like myself, we really weren't appreciated for what it is who who we are at our core. Um, so it's about reclaiming that. Sometimes there are situations where. Um, Growing up, you know, we were not really appreciated. I mean, I was definitely appreciated. It just was that little bit of odd duck stuff as I grew up. But, but there are some for whom, you know, the 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 environment or the parents are saying, you know, be this way, be this way, and that's the message they got. So they get a "don't be you" message. So when you understand yourself, you understand yourself at a deeper level. Um, you know, I, I get the sense so you, you really understand how your core needs influence things like motivation, like your career satisfaction, communication, problem solving. So it, is it you you said your words were you felt like a, a, a kind of an odd duck. So for people to understand kind of their wiring a little bit more, it, it can lead to them being more comfortable in in, in their own skin and, and showing up at work, I think, more authentically. Right. Yeah, I think so. And the thing is, if you know that you're doing something that isn't your talent, that doesn't need what you do the best, that doesn't mean you can't learn to do it. Um, it you can just sort of recognize that and not beat yourself up for how much energy it takes, for example. And I, I think that's a really, 
a really key thing is about starting to manage yourself, lead yourself, if you will. We talk about another aspect of of, of learning, kind of you know the the essential motivators, and um, you get to understand as well. Kind of each of these each of these uh, have kind of unique stressors and shadows. So, can you kind of talk about what that means by 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 you know your own? I'll just use wiring. That's a very comfortable term for me, if that's okay. But it just it, sure. you do you have unique stressors and and shadows and and. And when you recognize those, you can understand how to manage those. Yes, and and that's a huge deal because when those core needs aren't getting met, we can start to recognize that um, that that's what's wrong. So uh, what has helped me a lot for myself, for example, is to recognize that sometimes when I'm overloaded and you know feel stressed, I may not even recognize I'm stressed. And then I say, oh, this is what's going on. I'm having to learn too many new things. And uh, and I'm not competent in any of them. And that's actually kind of the, <laughs> the exaggerated belief, because I may be fairly competent. But uh, there's there's a constant quest for mastery and competence. And so if I'm not uh, feeling that way, then I get stressed and actually wind up becoming even more, yeah. um, more incompetent or yeah. less competent. So we've been talking a lot about us and understanding ourselves. Let's talk about the effects and the positivity and the impact we can have on others. So um, how can understanding not only yours, but how you understanding others, how can it help um, people understand others and, and, and value the different perspectives? How have you found understanding kind of your model can help you be a better communicator, a better leader, a better teammate? Well, the, the main thing is managing yourself is, is, you know, a big piece, but looking at recognizing the differences and recognizing that those differences have value. So it sort of gets out of what my my good friend Sue Cooper used to say, uh, be like me syndrome. And uh, it's very important that we not expect other people to be like ourselves. So once we know about these differences, we can appreciate those differences and see what contributions they they make and people with those differences. So we we stop expecting them to be different than they are and appreciate what they bring to the table. And that, that shows up in, in teamwork. It shows up in leadership. It shows up in parenting. It shows up everywhere. When you can know yourself well enough and then make space for other people to be different, and then eventually learn to communicate in a way that they will understand as opposed to the way that you understand. It's a great opportunity really to, to shift, shift your perspective, you know, and really kind of think about things because I, I've, I'm, I'm a big believer. I mean, I've been with Blanchard for coming up on two decades. And so I, I think the greatest gift we all have is awareness, right? Because until you're aware that there's actually a method to the madness, you're going to kind of do things you've always done, right? And so now that we're aware that people have different wirings and they're they're made a little bit different than me and you, it gives you a chance to shift your perspective, accept others for who they are, 
and what they need. And so where have you find where have you found that as well? It's kind of a variation on the last question, but where have you found that that is you know helps most when you can actually see people in a different light and and be more accepting of who they are? Well, I think the first thing is we stop expecting them to do things our way and and start to appreciate the way they do it. So, um, for example, air and fire is a, a good comparison because. Um, while strategy and tactics have a lot in common, um, the, the, you know, there's a common, usually there's an outcome that, that, that people are after. So you can talk about what's the outcome and what is the goal. But if, if you want to take a strategic approach and somebody's moving to action much more quickly, then that's going to feel like, you know, the sky is falling, like something's going to go wrong. And and then if you aren't aware of that difference, that it's really an appropriate thing for the, the if you're not aware of that difference and, you, and don't realize that in the situation we're in, it's really more appropriate to, to be tactical and and to take action. Or you can at least talk with that person if it's not appropriate and you're the leader or even if you're a teammate to say you know i know it's a, i know you want to take action and and there may be an opportunity there right now now if we don't take it however i'm wondering if we can consider a longer view and see if if there's something that would keep us you know what is there something getting in the way of the action that we can get rid of first so that action will be more effective so what I was doing is trying to acknowledge the, the 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 talent, and then see if we can make that even better by by considering a different approach. What's at risk if you don't make this change? What do you what have you seen happens if people just keep banging their head up against the wall, expecting everything to be easy for them? Well, the first thing that came into my head was the great resignation. Yeah. Um, I think I think a lot of dissatisfaction, perhaps mistakes get made that don't need to be made. I think people um, don't bring their best self to the work in the work environment if they're not appreciated for who they are. Or it takes a lot more energy, so then then they're tired. And when you're tired, it's a lot harder. So um, I think job satisfaction isn't just about the job. It's about the match of the job to what the person brings. And um, does it mean that somebody can't do the job that does, that, that isn't matching the pattern? Um, it what it means is it may take more energy or they may need more practice to get up to the skill level. Uh, I don't have a talent for logistics. Yeah. But in the training room, I soon learned to pay a lot of attention to logistics because if you don't have everything in place at the right time, the whole training will fall apart or you wind up stumbling. So. Um, I soon learned to do a few of those things, never as skillfully as my my colleagues who have that pattern, but still, um, it just, 
makes things a lot easier if you can acknowledge what needs to happen using that that four skill set, you know, strategy, tactics, logistics, and diplomacy as a framework for mm-hmm. what's needed here. And then people can exercise their talents and feel better, or they can find somebody to mentor them in the skill that's needed. Time for a couple more questions. You mentioned something that you talked about, like when people are tired, sometimes the best intentions go away. But you know, for 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 your model, for for this model, it this isn't just a work model. I, I always like to joke around, even you know, the programs at Blanchard sells, like a lot of this stuff you can take home, but are you too stubborn to try some of these things at home because you have these familial relationships that you, you just kind of fall into? But you know, understanding your partners understanding where they are and how they like to be communicated like this this is this is a game changer not just at work this is a game changer in all your relationships and what life yeah or your kids or your parents yeah yeah so um there are a couple of things about that one is really how if you're if it's in a a parenting or even a partnership uh, recognizing what the other person needs is really important and and helping them or making space for them to to be themselves as opposed to be like you. Yeah. Um, and if both people know that in the partnership, you can, for example, my husband and I have the same pattern. Mm. And, and so we know our pitfalls and we kind of have to uh, call on some other people sometimes to help us in all kinds of relationships and even if the other person doesn't know the different styles or temperaments, um, you can start to make a hypothesis about what that is and make space for it to happen yeah. without judgment. Yeah. So a lot of our listeners who may not be as familiar with this model, um, probably have heard of MBTI, probably have heard about DISC. In your opinion, how does how does this model differ? How is this different than those models? Um, okay. So this model is really, really old. Uh, its histories go back over 25, probably by this time now, 30 centuries. <laughs> no, well, so... So the research that, that David Kersey did cited all of these great thinkers and looked at these patterns. And he was my professor, and that's that's where I learned this. Um, the the DISC model is not looking at innate patterns of psychological needs. The DISC model is looking at behaviors and therefore patterns, and they do not line up with earth, fire, air, and water. They're all about different things. Mm. Um, when I looked at that difference, um, a di- we created a different model, which was very similar to DISC and social styles. We call it interaction styles. But it's it's a different set of four patterns, and they have different kind of information. So instead of core needs and values and talents, it's... Uh, core drivers and the way we interact with others and some some particular skill sets that go with those. Um, the Myers-Briggs, what I found when uh, I was exposed to that and uh, is that if you look at the patterns in the Myers-Briggs, 
um, it, it, it isn't about adding up the different letters and then saying, oh, this is that, this is that temperament. Mm-hmm. So um, I found, um, I, I didn't find it. David Kersey found it. Mm-hmm. So just giving credit where credit is due. He looked at how they lined up and he found that S and J. So if you are accurately identified with that type code, and there's always measurement error with an instrument, by the way, I have to say that. So S and J, um, those people with that, that those letters in their Myers-Briggs type code um, will fit the earth pattern. And, and it makes sense logically, but you don't want to hear all of that technical stuff. <laughs> so, and, and it with S and P, so SP, that pa- pattern, those people, those four types with the, the, the those four types with or those preferences match the, it, those four types with this, those preferences match the fire pattern. Mm. And then lo and behold, it isn't like taking the second letter and the last letter for the air, it's N and T. Okay. And, or, and then for the water pattern, it's N and F. And it's really, it, once you understand both models, really, the, the Jungian basis of the Myers-Briggs and the temperament models, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But when you look at it and you say, well, wait a minute, why isn't there a parallel construction? But it just is a match of patterns. Fascinating. Fascinating. Well, Linda, we have time for just one more question. I always like to to, to close out the podcast with this one. And it's, we... We've got such a great, dedicated group of listeners out there. And if you had one thing, one bit of wisdom that you'd like to impart upon them about what we've talked about today, what would that be? Uh, Know yourself, make space for others, and then shift your perspectives. Love that. Linda Behrens, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. If people wanted to learn a little bit more about you, about your research, where would you send them? Well, I would send them to the internet, to um, our main website, which is interstrength.org. And it's inter, like I-N-T-E-R, mm-hmm. strength, as some people say, S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H, dot org. And it's um, it's about internal strength and interpersonal strength, if that helps people remember it. So interstrength.org. Wonderful. Linda Behrens, thank you so much for your time today on Lantern Leader Chat Podcast. Thank you so much, Chad. And thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you enjoyed this interview and like to learn more and also help us grow the audience, please subscribe to the Leader Chat Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or wherever you're listening. And please share this with your friends. The best way you can help us grow, though, is feedback. As Ken Blanchard says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. So please write us a review if you haven't already. And by the way, this podcast is sponsored by the Ken Blanchard Companies. If you'd like to learn more, there's even a lot of free resources to better yourself and your organization. Go to KenBlanchard.com. You'll find all kinds of free tools and materials to help you and others grow. Thanks again to our guests for joining us today. For now, I have the pleasure of turning it over to Ken Blanchard for his thoughts on what we discussed. Here it is, your final minute with Ken Blanchard. Chad, I really enjoyed your interview with Linda Behrens. 
The title of her book says a lot to me, Understanding Yourself and Others. I mean, what's more important than knowing who you are, what your needs are, what your talents are, and then finding out about the people around you. What do they need? What are their uh, talents? How do you team together? And I love the way he uses the uh, four temperaments, uh, air, water, fire, and earth, to explain how you really build uh, a team. And when Margie and I started uh, our Blanchard company, uh, we found out we were both water. Uh, And what does that really uh, mean? It means that we wanted to find a sense of meaning and purpose, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of others. You know, how can we create an organization that really has meaning and makes a difference to others? And our talent to pull that together was uh, connecting with other people and knowing what they need and all. And so it's it's a really exciting uh, stuff. You know, we had to, uh, as we built the company, uh, bring around people with air and water uh, and, and fire temperaments too. Uh, so uh, we could really be the best. And so uh, read, read this book and share it with your people and find out what are all the different temperaments on your team and do you lack any, do you, uh, are you oversubscribed uh, in some and, and it's just a fascinating, fascinating uh, concept. And so uh, thank you, Chad, thank you, Linda. Uh, this is really, really good stuff. <laughs>